Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Good morning. I hope you're doing well on this wonderful Sunday, Mother's Day. Um, Yeah, I haven't, my mom's probably still sleeping, so I haven't wished her a happy Mother's Day yet. But before we get started, we want to do our confession about our Bible. So whatever you have, if you have your Bible, if you have your smartphone, your iPad, or as PT says, your eyeballs, go ahead and get that. We want to make this declaration. Are you ready? This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today, I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you read your Word. I hope you ask God to speak to you through the Word because it's powerful and sharp as a two-edged sword. So, This is a series called Essential, and you've been hearing that word essential, non-essential, what's essential, are we essential, is the church essential, is my job essential. Last week, PT talked to us about being essential, but this series is answering what the question is, what is essential? And the definition of the word essential is absolutely necessary. It means absolutely necessary, extremely important, something necessary, indispensable, or unavoidable. So when you found out last week that you are, you are essential, that's what that means. Who determines your essentialness? I know it sounds like a PTism, but it's a real word. Who determines your essentialness? That's God. God it determines your essentialness. So last week, we found out that you are chosen, You are part of his plan, and you are his masterpiece. A lot of times we don't feel that way, though. A lot of times we think, what's wrong with me? I don't feel like a masterpiece. I don't feel like I'm chosen. I don't feel like I'm part of his plan. And we can get on a downward spiral and start having a pity party and thinking about all the things we can't do instead of the things we can do. And in these uncertain times with this whole virus and what's going on, we don't know what to expect. Are you supposed to stay inside? Are you supposed to go outside? Are you supposed to wear a mask? You're not supposed to wear a mask. Are you supposed to go to work? You're not supposed to go to work. Two plus months of this craziness, and instead of asking what are we going to make of these days, why don't we ask what are these days going to make of us? What are these days going to make of us? Things happen. We get frustrated. We get angry. We get snippy. Anybody? I mean, come on. You're you're quarantining with your loved ones. I know. Um, The kids are at home. You're having to do homeschool. You're out of work. Maybe you didn't get your stimulus check. Maybe things are getting tight. Maybe your spouse or your kids have been in the same outfit for six days and haven't taken a shower. I'm just saying. Um, (laughs) Have you ever heard of the expression, you're full of it? I know, it doesn't usually mean something nice, but today I want to ask, what are you full of? What are you full of? What comes out of you under pressure? What are you going to do? Who are you going to be? Who are you going to be on the other side of this thing? 
we could talk about the virus and you know getting back and all that stuff or we could talk about whatever god whatever whatever situation you're in right now whatever circumstance you're in right now but why not ask how god can use you god how can you use me in this crazy time who do you want me to become look at this great scripture of our friend james james the half brother of jesus who didn't even believe that Jesus was who he said he was till after the miracle started. But look, James 1, 2 through 4 in the message, consider it a sheer gift, friends, that when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let's let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Wow. Let it do its work. Let it, don't try to get out prematurely. Let the endurance finish the work. Ask God if he's finished yet doing whatever he wants to do in you during this situation, this trial, this difficulty. And if he's not finished, then let him finish. He wants to finish. The word tells us that he is faithful and, and, and he will complete what he started. But if we try to get out of it too soon, he won't be able to finish it. So let the endurance finish the work. Make sure we let God work in us so that we're different on the other side than when we went in. So whether it's this pandemic and you're quarantined or you're not working or you're homeschooling or whatever you're doing, be sure that you let God show you things and work in you so that you come out on the other side a better person um, ask him to look inside and to make you more like him right it's not that we want to be a better me or a better you we want to be more like him his word tells us if we remain in him and his words remain in us you know we're gonna we're gonna be more like him so God wants to do many things in us. One thing he wants to do is sift us. He wants to see if our faith is real. Sometimes when things get shaken up, you know when you sift things, when you're panning for gold and you're sifting out the sand and you want to see if the gold is going to stay. Why? Because the gold is bigger nuggets than the sand that goes through the screen. Sifting, sifting, sifting. God wants to see if your faith is real. We talk about it, but sometimes we don't let it shine when we need it to. And he wants to prune us. I know that pruning, it hurts. And here's the funny thing about pruning in John 15. It's all talking about pruning. Remaining in him, right? In the vine, he's the vine and we're the branches. Um, uh, so listen, he said, I'm going to prune you if you have fruit. And I'm going to prune you if you don't have fruit. Isn't that crazy? So you're like, you're pruned if you do and you're pruned if you don't. But pruning makes us better i told this before but my mom had a rose bush and it was a beautiful flowering roses everywhere and i saw her one day go out there and start snipping them all off and pruning it back and when she got done it looked like a dead thing i was like what are you doing it was beautiful she said i know but the next time it'll be even better because she pruned away even the good stuff so god wants to sift us he wants to prune us he wants to test us 
come on, have you ever felt like, God, why? I don't want to take this test again. But stuff keeps coming up, and so he said, nope, you didn't pass it yet. I want to test you. And then he wants to conform us. He wants to conform us to his image. Like I said, not to just be a better you, but to be conformed to his image. That's what we need to pray for. That's, what we, that's why we can rally around the difficulty, the trial, what's going on in our life. Because we can say, God, how do you want to change me to be more like you? If we could find opportunities in every obstacle, wouldn't that be great? We could be, you know, like Eeyore. Well, we came across another obstacle. Or we could be like Tigger, boing, 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 guess what? Here's an obstacle, but I got, a, I got a tail that's got a spring. I can go right up over it, and I can help you guys. Look for an opportunity in the obstacles. Next door, when we had to close the impact center, we were able to paint almost the entire 20,000 square feet with great help from, from some volunteers that came by. We would never have been able to do that if, the, if we didn't have to close down the learning center. So look for opportunities in the obstacles and you know to try to live our life in the midst of all the stress and the difficulties and the and all the trials and all of that we've been given the holy spirit i mean if we're believers and we are not living with the power of the holy spirit evident and working in our lives no wonder we get frustrated no wonder stuff comes out when we get um you know stressed out or whatever because we're not allowing the fruit of the spirit to grow in our life so look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. This is from the NLT version. It says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, Paul is explaining this to the Galatians because they were always trying to do things that were quote-unquote right and, you know, what did man say about it, and so we're going to try to get this right. But he said, listen, guys, your status before God doesn't have anything to do with what the people say. It has to do with your submission to the Holy Spirit. And that motivated their faith in Christ, not obeying the man-made religious practices. So then he goes on to show that the best protection against falling back into their old ways, slipping back into the world and its sinful natures and all that kind of lifestyle and everything, he said, you need to aggressively walk with or in the Spirit. Remember, Jesus said, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you so that you can do many more greater things than I could ever do when you were standing right, when you could, when I was right with you. So let's not forget that the Holy Spirit is there for us. When you know who you are in Christ, when you operate with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to prove it. You don't have to prove it. Now, God gives all of us gifts. He gives all of us talents. Gifts are given by God, and they're given to all of us. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is developed. When we become a believer, we receive the fruit of the Spirit, but it's in seed form, meaning this needs to grow. This needs to grow in me. The Greek word translated fruit refers, refers to the natural byproduct of a living thing. See, the tree is alive, so the fruit is produced. And Paul used the word fruit to help us understand that the product of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us will grow will grow so it's produced by the spirit not by us the fruit of the spirit is produced by the spirit not by us and it really shows it's a singular word and it shows that 
fruit is a unified whole. I know we say there are nine fruits, but there really isn't. There's a fruit of the Spirit with nine characteristics, or um, the, the, they all come to us, right? So they need to grow. Just like a seed, they need to grow. Now, here's a cool thing that you can do. You can kind of put them into three different categories to help you a little bit. The first three, love, joy, and peace, have to do with your relationship with God. When you first become a believer, I hope uh, that, you ha that you felt overwhelming love and joy and peace from God, right? So that works on your relationship with him. Then the second three, patience, kindness, and goodness, are less about how you feel, uh, how you feel but it's more about your relationship with other people. Think about that. Patience, kindness and goodness in our relationship with other people. Does that make sense? And then the third three of them are faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That has to do with my relationship to myself. I need to be faithful, I need to be gentle, and I need to have self-control. So you can put those in those three categories to help you a little bit. But if the fruit is growing in your life, you should be able to utilize it whenever necessary. You know, um, it's available at all times. The fruit of God's Spirit who lives in us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, how are we going to do this? If I could tell you all day long, you need to walk by the power of the Spirit. But how do we do this? Look at Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Woo! You may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Remind yourself, Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Why don't you put that on, your, on the chat right now? The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And here's the thing. It said rooted and grounded in love. That's a deep foundation on which we're built. God is love, right? We water the root, not the fruit. Did you ever see somebody go up to a fruit tree and take their little can or their hose and start watering the fruit? No, you don't water the fruit. You water the root because you want the root to go down deep. You want the roots to be watered so the fruit will grow. So in Colossians 2, 6, and 7, listen to this. And now... Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Wow, thankfulness is so important. You will overflow with thankfulness when your roots are growing down deep and, 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 and let your lives be built on him. So God says, look, I've given you all these tools. I want you to have a walk that is worthy of me, a walk that is worthy, that glorifies God. What's the purpose of having all the tools, having the Holy Spirit, having the fruit of the Spirit, having our roots grow down deep, if our walk 
is nowhere near what it's supposed to be as far as what glorifying him. Does that make sense? I've got a lot of scripture today, and I just want you to know that God's Bible, his word is full of so many things to help us live in this day and any day. Any day, any circumstance that you've been around or has come upon you, God's word has the answer. So, Colossians 1.10. When we used to have our uh, women's ministry once a, once a month, our signature verse was Colossians 1.10. I'm going to read from the New King James Version, Colossians 1.10 and 11. Listen to this. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Let me say that again. With long-suffering, patience and long-suffering with joy. Remember what James said? He said, count it all joy when you go through these trials because you're going to come out stronger on the other side. So walk it out in a way that's fully pleasing to him. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can put on this new nature because you're created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And I know sometimes you say, I don't feel righteous. I don't feel holy. You're right. It's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We put on, we put on the new nature, forgetting the things of the past. When we become a born-again believer, our uh, soul is reconnected with God, but then we start renewing our mind. We forget the things of the past. We put on this new self created to be like God. That's in verse, and then in verses 25 and 29 in Ephesians 4, he tells us what to stop doing and what to start doing. I don't have the scripture up for you, but maybe that's something you can look up later. Ephesians 4, 25 through 29. He said, now look, stop thinking about the past. Stop lying and start speaking the truth. Come on. You can get angry. He says, you can get angry, but don't sin. You know, don't, dwell, don't make it your your feelings that overwhelm you and you're angry and you're going to get somebody and you're going to, you know, be violent or whatever. No, get angry, but don't sin. Stop stealing, he said, and start working and share things with others. And then change your words. Change your words. Stop tearing people down. Use words to build them up. Walk in his steps. He already went through all that. God, Jesus walks before us, you know, to show us the way. Isn't that amazing? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he's the way. So let's follow him. So in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, same thing. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So walk in love like he does. He was a selfless sacrifice. Do you realize that? He knew when he came to this earth what he was going to have to do, but he was selfless in that sacrifice. And here God is saying, don't put anything before me. Don't put anything before me. You know, the truth is in your footsteps. You've heard the saying, your talk, your walk should match your talk. Some people talk all day long, but their walk, there's no fruit because their roots aren't being watered. The truth is in your footsteps. And your walk, reveals your king who do you put number one that's the way that we're walking through our life 
is revealing our king. Now, I'm going to let the word do the teaching right here in this part. It's a lengthy passage, but listen to these words. This is exactly what I want to say, and it comes directly out of God's word in Colossians chapter 3, and you can follow along on the screen, verses 1 through 3 and then 10 through 17. If then you were raised with Christ, Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ. Then put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. He lives in all of us. Now listen, Pastor Terry showed us last week, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Verse 16, let the message about Christ in all its richness, fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Giving thanks to him through God the Father. I mean, God loves you so much. He's, he's worked all this out for us. We don't have to figure this out on our own. He's worked it out for us. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So walk wise, make good choices, stop asking what you can get away with, and start asking what pleases the Lord. You know, some people live their life that way. Well, I'm going to try this. I'm going to push the envelope. I'm going to go closer to the edge. I'm going to see how far I can go and get away with. But listen, that doesn't work. And don't go nose blind to your own stink. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Come on now. Have you been around somebody with the worst body odor in the world and they have no idea because they live with it 24-7? They don't know, but somebody Somebody should go to them in love and say, hey, you probably don't realize it, you know, but you, you, you probably should use some deodorant. So we need that in our life spiritually. Don't go nose blind to the things that are stinky in your life. You get so used to it, you don't even notice it anymore. I hope you have somebody in your life that can speak the truth in love, that you will listen to, that will bring things to you and say, you probably don't even realize it, but I noticed this, this, and this. I love you, and I'm praying for you, and I want to help you become more and more like Christ. You were born on purpose for a purpose. Don't ever forget that. Let God show you 
what you're made of. You know, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. So the way that we behave, the way that we walk, the way that we deal with things should be completely different than the way that the people of the world deal with things. They don't know any better. We can't judge unbelievers. You know, people say that sometimes. Well, don't judge, but if you're a believer, you know the word. You are being judged. An unbeliever, we can't judge. They don't know. They don't know the difference. So the essential for today, today's essential is I want you to remember that the Holy Spirit lives in you and you can be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. We can't figure out everything that's going, in our going on in our lives, and we shouldn't have to. What are you learning through all of this? That's what I want to ask you. I've got some questions for you. You don't have to answer every one, but I want you to listen, and I want you to think about at least one, maybe two of these things. What does the pressure that I feel right now need to break in me? What habit, what chain, what ways of thinking? What is that pressure that you feel right now, what is it trying to break in you? Let the pressure break it. You know that a lump of coal will be a lump of coal a million years unless it's put under pressure and in the fire. And what happens to that coal when it gets pressured and fire and gets tested? It comes out as a diamond. You're a diamond. And God wants that pressure to bring you to that finished place of being a diamond. Here's another question. How is this situation that you're in trying to push you out of your comfort zone? Some of us get in the comfort zone. We just do the status quo. We just do the, I've always done it this way and I'm always going to do it that way. But how is this situation that you're in, whether it's quarantined or being out of work or wondering where your next paycheck is coming from, whatever that trial is, how is it going to push you out of your comfort zone? I know here around the church, we got pushed out of our comfort zone quite a few times, having to do things differently because of not being able to meet. Here's another question. What little things can I do to help and make a big difference in someone's life? There's needs all around. And you, some of you, we've been getting reports of the awesome things that you've been doing. But, but look around. Maybe you need to be a better friend. You know, now that we're separated and we can't see all of our friends, maybe you're going to look at those relationships and go, wow, I can be a better friend. I'm not going to take advantage. I'm not going to just take it for granted that, you know, some of my friendships I haven't really worked on. Why don't you work on a friendship with someone? And what parts of my life is God testing? I'm, I'm going to guarantee you he's testing you somewhere because every time you think you got it, another opportunity comes for the test to be passed. How, here's another question. How can more people be reached because of this situation in your own life? Ask that question of God. Remember opportunities out of obstacles? You know, this is crazy, but we've been able to reach more people online than we did uh, having people in the house and online before. The numbers are crazy because people are needing hope. They're wanting something bigger in their life. They're searching. They're looking. And then the last question I want to ask you, is there an idol? Is there an idol in your life that needs to be exposed? Remember, God wants to be number one. So if there's something that comes ahead of him, he 
doesn't like that. He's a jealous God. He's like, no, I want to expose that idol in you. And now it's our job when he exposes it to do something about it. You just don't go, yeah, that's my idol. Thanks. Thanks for pointing that out, God. You're right. And then you don't change. He wants you to change. Pressure reveals what's already in there. That diamond came out of the coal. The pieces and the parts that it needed were already in that piece of coal. So let the pressure show you what needs to come out. Take joy in those trials that you're going through, the difficulties, because God can use it to finish the work that he has started in you. You're going to come out stronger. You're going you're gonna to be a better person if you let the Holy Spirit work in you. You're still standing, and you made it this far. And you know what? God's got great things that he wants to do in you and through you. But maybe for you, the first step is to start the journey with Jesus. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've tried to do things on your own all the time, trying to figure things out. I don't need anybody. I don't, God is for a, a, a crutch for people who can't do stuff on their own. No, no, no. He said, I came to bring you life and life more abundantly. I came and I died on the cross for your sins so that you could have eternal life, so that you could have forgiveness, so that you could have a brand new relationship with God, so that as a born-again son or daughter of God, you are now able to, to get in on all the inheritance that comes with being a child of God. So if that's you right now, I want to offer you an opportunity to raise your hand in the chat or type I decided, type the word decided. You can text that word also to 352-329-2301. What does that mean, I decided? I decided to surrender my life to Christ. I'm gonna pray a prayer for those of you that are raising your hand and saying yes, count me in on that. But, but we have things that we wanna give you to help you with your journey. We've got a Now What book, we've got a New Beginnings class and Growth Track and all these things to help you on your journey. So let's just pray. You all can pray with me. Those of us that are believers have prayed this before. If you're brand new to surrendering your life, we're going to pray this prayer. Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I thank you that you are forgiving me of all the sins and you're going to give me eternal life I thank you that as best as I know how I'm going to learn to serve you all the days of my life in Jesus name I pray amen amen and amen well listen if you prayed that as I said text the word decided to our number 352-329-2301 put it in the chat uh, we want to help you. This is an exciting time for you. And uh, get into a life group if you're not in one. You can text the word groups to that same number. We love you. We care about you. And we're excited that we are coming back together in a modified way the end of the month. And we'll give you all the details about that. But come on, our worship team is back. And we are going to sing again and rejoice because God is good. He loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. And the Holy Spirit lives in you to help you every minute of every day. Amen and amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we'd love to continue with you on that journey. 
To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.